This is CBS News Bay Area with Juliet Goodrich. Hi, I'm Sarah Donchi in for Juliet. In a city full of problems, the drug crisis in San Francisco is at the top of the list. A disaster in plain sight that seems to be getting worse. Accidental overdose deaths surged to a record high of 806 last year, according to the medical examiner's office, most of them involving fentanyl. Not surprisingly, the city's drug policies have become a hot political topic in the upcoming mayoral election. Wilson Walker was there as several candidates joined people marching in the streets, calling for solutions. When I say recovery, y'all say works. Recovery. Works. Recovery. Works. Raised on Eddie and Taylor. Moved over to the Soma, have been raised there. This is part of my community, and we want to see a change. We want to see a difference. Crystal Morales, one of those who showed up to march through the Tenderloin as part of a call for changes in this neighborhood. We want a safe community for our children. We want a safe community for our families. And we want those that need help and need assistance to get that help, assistance, and care. March was organized by the city's recovery community, which for several years now has been pushing for different approaches, tougher approaches on the city's fentanyl crisis. Because you know what? Harm reduction, from my perspective, is not reducing the harm. It is making things far worse. Mayor London Breed joined the crowd on the steps of City Hall, but just two hours earlier, one of her challengers declared this issue a failure of leadership. From out of control spending on nonprofits that have failed to deliver results to the unwillingness to take on bureaucracy at City Hall that is fundamentally failing San Franciscans. Daniel Lurie rolled out a six point plan for what he calls the demand side of the drug problem. It is a new system for pushing those in trouble towards help faster with no allowances for staying on the street. We will introduce a deflection program to incentivize individuals to seek treatment or face arrest. Now, the mayor was asked about Lurie's comment, and she seemed to include recent mayoral race entry Mark Farrell in her response. Where have they been? Where have they been? They've not been. This is not, this is not a new issue. This has been going on for a long time. They were nowhere to be found during the pandemic, and quiet around issues related to important things and surprise, they put out something and they've had nothing to do with it. So with the election more than 250 days out, the discussion is already taking shape. Who has the answers for the problems that have cost so many lives, vexed the city and frustrated so many residents? It's gonna take patience and it's gonna take showing up and it's gonna take coming together to really be a community that believes in the same voice and that believes in the same goal. All right, now we have Bree, Lurie, Farrell, and Supervisor Asha Safai, who actually joined in the march today. Now, the biggest, most obvious question in San Francisco politics for some time now has been who could possibly join the race as the self-declared progressive sort of against that block of candidates, especially on an issue like this one where there's such a range of opinion on how to proceed. That is a big question going ahead. The filing deadline for the mayoral race, May 5th. San Francisco city leaders are trying different things when it comes to this issue. The mayor and DA are forming a law enforcement task force to investigate opioid deaths as homicides. Voters will also get to weigh in on Mayor Breed's ballot measure to require drug screening for some welfare recipients. The CHP and National Guard also cracking down on drug trafficking in parts of the city. Now, at the state capitol, a group of Bay Area and state officials announced their own plan to tackle fentanyl, a bill 
that increases access to treatment and medication and focuses on drug prevention. And in the meantime, one San Francisco official wants to use an unusual new tool to track drug use statewide. Assembly member Matt Haney proposed legislation that would require wastewater be tested for fentanyl, meth, and other drugs. The results would be reported to the state public health department. They're still working out details of how exactly that would work. And tonight, CBS Evening News looks at how the feds are ramping up their efforts in the fight against fentanyl. Here's Nora O'Donnell. Hey, Sarah. Our in-depth look at America's fentanyl crisis, we see how the DEA is cracking down on pill presses that can turn out thousands of deadly drugs by the hour. We've got that in more headlines tonight here on the CBS Evening News. Southbound 280 back open in San Francisco after a wrong way driver caused this nasty crash just a couple of hours ago. This is a look from our helicopter. This was a three car collision that ended with multiple lanes closed. The crash happened just north of San Jose Avenue about 2.30 this afternoon. At least three people were taken to the hospital. And developing in San Pablo, a 12 hour standoff is finally over. Police saying they have a suspect in custody. That incident prompted a neighborhood to shelter in place early this morning. Now, police say the suspect was armed and barricaded inside of a home near Rachel Road and Heather Drive. Neighbors were asked to stay inside until further notice with their doors and windows locked. The alert went out just before 3 o'clock this morning. An elementary school in the area was closed today because of all this. Still no word from officials on what exactly started this standoff. In Sonoma County, a water rescue mission turned even more dangerous after deputies say the person drowning started fighting her rescuers. This happened yesterday on the Russian River. Deputies responded to the Johnson's Beach area after a 911 caller said someone was being swept down the river. But things took a surprising turn once deputies jumped in to save her. Photojournalist Rick Villaroman has details on the river rescue. It could have ended in disaster. Just last week, CBS Bay Area News brought you the story of Sonoma County's swift water training exercises and the important role it has in being prepared. 11 o'clock. A significant role. The true swift water rescue is a, um, a less frequent call. Uh, we don't get those calls all the time. Uh, so just um, always training and uh, sharpening our skills and being ready for when that call really comes out is uh, tremendously important. And this week, it didn't take long for that training to make a difference. As the radio traffic started picking up, we knew we had a legitimate rescue on our hands. But this story involves more than just a single victim. It's also a story about heroism in its purest form. That was one of those situations that needed to be acted on immediately. So Sergeant Gary Lawson did exactly that. He started pulling off his gear, his duty belt, his vest, um, and was in the process of getting in the water when Deputy Powers arrived, um, threw him a life vest. And without hesitation, Sergeant Lawson put that life vest on and started swimming out to meet the person in the middle of the water. And that's when things went south, really south. Perhaps because of the cold water, or perhaps because of panic, the victim became combative. And she, um, during the fight, was pushing the deputy underwater. Recognizing the severity of the situation and the need to assist his partner, Deputy Anthony Powers dove in. And with that, a single victim needing rescue turned into three. The two deputies and the victim were basically clinging onto a bush in the middle of very fast moving water. So when rescue units reached all parties, it was a little surprising to hear. We want you to take her first because she's fighting us and we, need, we can't take care of ourselves while we're taking care of her. 
Seeing the need to act quickly, firefighter Bowers was able to get the victim inside the boat. And I was able to get a good grip on her arm and I was able to pull her into the boat. After getting her safely to shore and receiving medical attention, rescue units went back in the water to get deputies Lawson and Powers. Once they were brought to shore, it was hard for the two deputies to contain their emotions. Bringing the deputies on board that boat and bringing them to safety, immediately there was a lot of gratitude, a lot of thanks. And an excellent example of why these men and women train so hard to keep the community safe as well as their own. Um, no matter fire or police, we're all here for each other. You know, hats off to those guys for jumping in and trying to save someone's life. It's a very satisfying afternoon, absolutely. It's one of those calls that makes you proud to be part of an organization that takes this, this type of stuff so seriously. We do good work very frequently. Um, this, this was a step up. The woman is expected to be arrested and booked on multiple charges. Other stories we are following around the Bay today. It's the first day on the job for Antioch's interim police chief. Brian Addington worked in law enforcement in nearby Pittsburgh for 28 years. He's taking over in Antioch amid an FBI investigation into the department over racist text messages and other alleged misconduct. San Francisco police looking for the person who might have set two Teslas on fire over the weekend. It happened in Soma. Surveillance video shows someone lighting papers on fire on top of the tire of a Tesla Model Y. Moments later, the car was burning. About 30 minutes earlier, just a block away, flames also destroyed another Tesla. A tough, though not surprising, sight for A's fans in Oakland today. Our helicopter caught crews taking down the rooted in Oakland signs in the Coliseum this afternoon. The MLB approved the A's relocation to Las Vegas last year, as we've reported on extensively, but the new ballpark won't be ready until 2028 at the earliest. The A's have met with local leaders about extending the Coliseum lease until then, but they do not have a deal yet. All right, talking about our weather, what a gorgeous weekend, and we are starting out the week dry. It won't end that way. Chief Meteorologist Paul Hagan looking ahead to more rain. Before we before we talk about that, though, I have to say this was the nicest weekend we've had in a while. Yeah, but since I think the week between the conference championship and the Super Bowl, we had a warm, dry weekend. But really, the only other one we've had has been dry so far in 2024. Before the wet weather returns, it's going to be a little chilly out there tonight. Temperatures dropping down to anywhere from three to eight degrees below average by early tomorrow morning. But that still leaves us a good five to ten degrees above record territory. And we are going to warm up back to near normal temperatures tomorrow. I am tracking those rain chances a bit farther down the line. Coming up in the full forecast. Paul, thank you.